Hey, thanks for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every weekday. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. Coming up on today's show, Kevin McGuire is in to break down everything from over the weekend in the Big Ten and get a first look ahead at the Big Ten title game this weekend between Iowa and Michigan. It's coming up all right now here on Locked On Big Ten. You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening into Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the conference every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Thanks for making the show your first listen of the day. Our co-host for the day, no longer every single week, Kevin McGuire is in with us. He was the host of Locked On Nittany Lions, unfortunately. Other obligations have him leaving us at Locked On, but of course, you can still, as always, follow him at Kevin on CFB. He's still doing a whole lot of Penn State stuff, of course, but and he'll be back on the show soon, no doubt about that. We've already been talking about all that kind of stuff. But we still got Kevin on here today, here on a Tuesday show, and we appreciate, of course, you doing this every Tuesday when you've been with us, Kevin. It was a crazy week in Big Ten football. Let's dive right into what happened across everything that mattered as far as what's going to happen this weekend and how we set up our Big Ten championship game, starting, of course, with Michigan-Ohio State. I talked about it a lot yesterday, but Michigan was, one, able to put up a whole lot of points, and two, able to hold Ohio State down at least a little bit so that 42 points was enough to beat the Buckeyes. That hasn't always been the case, and I don't know if I was expecting Ohio State to score any less than that amount, but they did. They got held to less than 30, something that I was most surprised by out of anything. Of course, Hassan Haskin does really good too, but it, go ahead and tell us what you had to say just as you watched that game and watched Michigan hold and control pretty much throughout. Very impressed with Michigan, not just in this game, but really all season long. And I know before the season started, I was a little bit more optimistic about Michigan than I think a lot of people generally were outside of Michigan, but I didn't expect to see what we have seen from Michigan. And, you know, I could not be happier for Jim Harbaugh. And, you know, he gets criticized an awful lot and, you know, sometimes deservingly so, but I felt really happy for him finally getting a chance to coach his Michigan program to a victory against Ohio state. The one hurdle that has really tripped him up year in and year out. Uh, And he did it in going away fashion. This was a dominant beatdown of their bitter rival, Ohio State, the team that everybody was projecting to go into the college football playoff was certainly set up for that. And I will say I picked Ohio State to win the game. And if you told me that final score was going to be the final score, I would have said Ohio State does it again. Uh, But Michigan had their game plan. They took it to Ohio State, just out physical them in an area where you don't typically see Ohio State get worked over that much, especially by Michigan. That's been one of the uh, advantages that Ohio State has had in recent years. And Ohio State has also had the playmakers with the speed and the athleticism. And it didn't matter against Michigan because Michigan had that ground game with Hassan Haskins, who has had a tremendous year. Uh, you know, would not surprise me at all if he's heading to New York the way that this is uh, going right now. And I just feel as though uh, Michigan 
has proven that they are the team to beat in the Big Ten for this season. I'm not going to get carried away and say that this is the end of the Ohio State dynasty or anything like that. They'll still be a preseason top five next year. But Michigan's living in the moment right now in a year where so much has been happening. I wouldn't uh, just lower their guard just yet against Iowa in the Big Ten championship game, but things are looking really good for Michigan right now. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone really predicted that game to go that way. Even if Michigan was going to win, I don't think anyone expected it to be in a kind of fashion where the Wolverines were going to be taking knees down at the very end there and winning it by two possessions over the Buckeyes. That's just not the way that Ohio State had played all season, not the way that, honestly, Michigan had played all season. Nothing had predicted that this game would go quite the way it would you're right Hassan Haskins maybe he's headed to New York it seems like there's a lot of players that Heisman trophy still really it up for grabs right now as things go but again there's a championship weekend left still to be played before we talk about any of that kind of stuff as far as just this matchup on the field Hassan Haskins we mentioned scored five touchdowns I was confused as to how he was able to do that after just a week ago we saw Ohio State really shut down Kenneth Walker in a way where, again, game plan didn't really project to him having a huge day for Michigan State with how far behind they fell early. But still, Buckeyes held him quiet. Hassan Haskins was able to blow things up. And and to me, that along with, as I mentioned yesterday, Ohio State had some mistakes as far as penalties go uh, that I think halted a couple of drives where – I. It, Again, you look at the stat line, 400 yards for C.J. Stroud. Travion Henderson was fine. There's plenty of games where Ohio State has that kind of an offensive day and puts up 42 points. There were just a few things that didn't go their way in this matchup. Give Michigan all the credit. But Ohio State at the same time, I still think, I did get some heat on this yesterday after the show posted because I do think I was a little bit too harsh on it, but I do think there was just a little bit, I do think there was some of Ohio State beating itself as much as it was Michigan, again, give credit to the Wolverines, playing everything and doing everything they could to uh, really dominate here against the Buckeyes. I think it's fair to say. I, th- I don't think Ohio State played the kind of game they would have liked to have played. And honestly, if they play 10 times, I'd probably take Ohio State in at least six of them because I yeah, do right. think that they're the better team overall. But, uh, but the thing is, you know, if Ohio State's going to make your mistakes, then some team has to be ready to capitalize on those opportunities. And that's when Ohio State has lost their games uh, that we've seen in recent years. Uh, they leave the door open for their opponent and the opponent takes advantage of it. Too many opponents or many opponents haven't been able to do that. Michigan was equipped to do that. So that's where you got to give credit to Michigan, obviously, for what they did. It was a very thoroughly impressive performance from start to finish. Uh, but if Ohio State's going to leave the door open for them, you know, Michigan just busted right through it and uh, certainly capitalized on that moment. Now, Wolverines had said they've been preparing for that game all season. It certainly looked like it. And now they're headed to Indianapolis this week to face off against the Iowa Hawkeyes, who on after a big day of all sorts of kind of scrambling around in the West, they ended up on top after winning on Friday, actually, over Nebraska. I mean, let's start with that game. Yeah, Hawkeyes were down big. Nebraska looked like it was ready to actually get a big win that it had been unable to secure for so much of the season. But same old story down the end. Cornhuskers end up blowing what was, I believe, a 22-point lead at some point. It was 19 to nothing, I think, in that fourth quarter for the Hawkeyes. I don't have the box score up on me right now. But point is, it's another devastating loss for Nebraska. 
a huge win for Iowa as it ends up being the difference in sending them to that Big Ten championship game after the Minnesota win, which we'll talk about in a minute. But I mean, for these two teams, Nebraska, I don't know what to say about it anymore. It, this team will see what they can do next year as far as maybe being able to get that one extra possession of points to be able to win more games. But for Iowa, this is a team that looked like the best team in the Big Ten East for a large part of this season. It ends up getting that Big Ten West. I think I said East a second ago. Gets the Big Ten West and is going to face off against Michigan. Let's start looking forward. Does Iowa Iowa have a chance to knock off these Wolverines? I guess I shouldn't phrase it that way. Everybody has a chance. The Big Ten showed that this season. What does Iowa have to do that would make it honestly make me believe that they have a chance to be able to win this Saturday? Because I don't think that Spencer Petrus is going to be able to get out there and get a win if it is him under center. Yeah, that's a good question. Who's going to be playing quarterback for Iowa? But uh, the biggest thing I think uh, if Iowa's going to win that game, the offensive line has to be right because that Michigan defensive front is just ferocious. You know, I saw it against Penn State a couple of weeks ago. Ohio State found out as well. Uh, and many teams have found out this year just how good that Michigan defensive line is, the defensive front. It's just really incredible. That's been one of the biggest strengths that they have had this season. Uh, no question about it. Uh, so Iowa, a team that I ge- think generally has good offensive line play, is really going to have to step it up because this is going to be their biggest challenge of the season. And if they, you know, whoever's playing quarterback, if they don't have time to breathe, then they're going to be in some trouble because Iowa doesn't have a whole lot of different options that they can run their offense with. You know, they, Iowa's going to want to run the football. Well, Michigan is going to make it difficult to do that. Uh, so if this game falls into your quarterback's going to have to make a play, that's going to be a dangerous area for Iowa. But like you said, they've got a chance, of course. And I certainly wouldn't, um, you know, count Iowa out just because the game's on the schedule right now. I think Michigan's going to win, but I don't think it's going to be a, a landslide runaway victory. I think they're going to have to earn it because Iowa will come to play. There's one thing I know about a Kirk Ferentz team. I, I think they're going to have a pretty good defensive strategy, just a matter of getting any points offensively going with the Iowa Hawkeyes. We'll talk more about that matchup later on in the program here in just a minute. Right now, let's get into the Wisconsin-Minnesota game that ended up deciding things on Saturday for the West Minnesota picks up a big win, beats Wisconsin by 10, and P.J. Fleck ends up getting that elusive victory over the Badgers, takes the axe back, and now Minnesota is looking like, I I was thinking about this before because it was mentioned on the broadcast, I forget when exactly, but how this might end up sending Minnesota back to a January 1st bowl game here, which is honestly not something I was thinking about at the time, but when you look it out, I mean, one team might go to the college football playoff. Another one goes to the, is it the Rose Bowl this year? I haven't looked at all that stuff. But anyway, the, the point is. is the Minnesota team's going to be either the third or fourth team down the line in that big 10 kind of totem pole for bowl games. I mean, yeah, that's a huge win for Minnesota, not just because you beat Wisconsin, because it really is, I think, going to be able to jump the Gophers up a huge, huge margin as to where they're going to be. And I mean, looking at the flip side, Wisconsin goes from, what would be a big 10 title game appearance down to, I mean, I mean what they're finishing third in the big 10 West now middle of the pack. It's a, was a much more consequential game that I, I feel like people realized at the time, even though it did help decide who goes to the big 10 title game, but even for these two teams who are not going to be there now, a whole lot of stuff immediately after this is going to be affected as a result, but just looking at the, on the field things, Minnesota was able to get a win here. And honestly, they just kind of did it 
doing what Minnesota had done all season and Wisconsin was not good enough this time to get the win. I, I thought Wisconsin was going to be able to do this just because of how much of a role they had been on going into this game. But uh, Minnesota had the Badgers number in a similar way to, I think, the way that Michigan ha- had kind of been preparing for and had Ohio State's number on Saturday afternoon. Well, the story all season long was, you know, Wisconsin didn't want to trust their passing game, right? And mm-hmm. when they had to, that just wasn't going to work out for them. Uh, and I am surprised that Wisconsin coughed this one up the way that they did, you know, not to take anything away from Minnesota, because that's a big win for PJ Fleck. I just, you know, I remember talking to you last week. I said, there's no way Wisconsin's going to lose this opportunity. Uh, they're going to take the way that they had been playing. I had a lot of confidence that they were going to win this game against Minnesota. Uh, that was not the case. So, you know, that's one of the great things about college football and rivalry games. Uh, we saw a lot of really good rivalry action, uh, not just around the Big Ten, but around college football this this past weekend. And Minnesota rose to the occasion. They rode their boat to a victory. And, you know, it, maybe it wasn't pretty, but it doesn't have to be when you go up against your rival. Uh, it's certainly, you know, um, you can probably speak to this more than I can, but, you know, Minnesota, I'm sure, just relished in the victory against Wisconsin, knowing not only that they beat Wisconsin and got the ax, but also knocked them out of the big 10 championship picture, uh, really put a dent in Wisconsin's bowl projections. And like you kind of alluding, you know, projecting the big 10 bowl situation right now is kind of like throwing darts at the dartboard right now, because outside of maybe Michigan going to the college football playoff, which I don't think too many people were talking about this time, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I feel as though everything just shifted so dramatically uh, over the course of the past few days with what we saw last weekend. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this all wraps up. I guess on Sunday is when we'll find out all the bowl projections or bowl uh, matchups officially. Uh, so I know I'm looking forward to it. I don't know where Penn State's going. I don't know where Minnesota's going, but uh, you know, it's, it's going to be pretty interesting to see how this all plays out. It will be really fun to watch. And while you're right, Minnesota fans definitely relishing in that big win. I did mention yesterday that team's got to be thinking a little bit too about how close they were to heading to Indianapolis if Nebraska had just beaten Iowa because Purdue beat IU too. So that would have sent the Gophers into the Big Ten championship game. Instead, their win ends up sending Iowa to that game, which I'm sure has to sting at least a little bit more for Gopher fans too, sure. But again, they're just happy to get the win against Wisconsin for now. We'll talk more about that game this Saturday in Indianapolis. Oh, um, Ohio, I almost said Iowa against Michigan here for the Big Ten title. If it's Michigan, it's a college football playoff appearance. If it's Iowa, well, Kevin and I are going to talk about that. That's coming up here on Locked On Big Ten in just a minute. Today's Locked On Big Ten is brought to you in part by NetSuite. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship's yours. But as you're going through the backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, it's offering a -a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. Head to netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA for special end of year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That's netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. 
Prize Picks is the place to go for your daily fantasy sports if you're looking to do it with college football players. Now, there are just quite frankly, too many sites out there where you can play daily fantasy nowadays. But no one does it quite like prize picks with how in-depth they get with their college football options. Whether you're looking for power five players or group of five players to be able to get into your daily fantasy lineups, you can do it over at prize picks and play the game in a way that other sites just aren't offering. So head on over to prizepicks.com, enter in our promo code Locked On for a 100% bonus on your first deposit up to $100. Or Go to the App Store or wherever you get your apps and download the Prize Picks app. Again, you're going to want to at least try it out. It's a new way to play daily fantasy. And again, you're going to get hooked if you're a college football fan, especially. Back in here on Locked On Big Ten, alongside Kevin McGuire, I'm Nate Dickinson. We're talking Big Ten Championship game here. As on Saturday, it could shift once again everything in college football. The results out of the Big Ten. Michigan faces off against Iowa and Indianapolis for a Big Ten title. We've discussed it already. Michigan's going to be in the top four when the rankings come out later tonight. As long as they beat Iowa, they will be in the college football playoff. But if Iowa pulls off the upset and beats Michigan, what happens then? We'll talk about that in a minute. But first, let's talk more on the field here, Kevin. You mentioned in a little bit earlier just what Iowa has to do to be able to pull off this upset. I want to get into that a little bit more. As far as stopping Michigan right now, because that's where the strength is for Iowa, is being able to stop teams with that really strong defense and hope that the offense can put together enough points to keep up. How do you feel like Iowa can succeed in ways that Ohio State was not able to do so in stopping Hassan Haskins and stopping anything that Michigan wants to do because they looked like a bulldozer in marching down that field pretty much every time in Ann Arbor last week? Really, I don't know if it's so much about stopping Michigan. It's really just kind of keeping that Michigan offense off the field. I feel mm. like it's a it's a pretty easy go-to, especially when you're talking about Iowa. But game control, clock management has to be the essential key to victory here for Iowa because you want to get some productive drives out of your offense. And like you said uh, before, it's not going to be pretty for Iowa. And nothing ever is. But if you can grind out some yardage and grind out some first downs as they have typically done in the past, you know, the clock's going to run a little bit. And if you can end some of those drives with points, you know, obviously you don't want to settle for field goals, but take points any way you can get them in this game, as long as you're running some clock and then just kind of, you know, be aggressive on defense. I know Iowa likes to do that and they can mess things up, you know, especially the secondary has been pretty solid all season long. So they know that they can feel pretty comfortable defending the pass. So maybe that allows them to sell out a little bit more uh, against the run. And I think with what Haskins did last week against Ohio State, you know, not that he didn't have Iowa's attention before, but he is certainly going to be on our microscope. So I don't think we're going to expect five touchdowns out of Haskins uh, because I do think that Iowa's going to do everything they can to kind of take that, not necessarily away from Michigan, but reduce the damage that Haskins is going to do on them. Do you see a game with a lot of offense that Iowa wins in any way here, Kevin? It feels like as I think about different scenarios and ways that this plays out, that the roadmap to an Iowa victory is only through the way that we're talking about, kind of doing what Iowa has done under Ferentz, grinding things out, playing a solid football game, working hard in the trenches and using those line advantages to slowly but surely wear a team like Michigan down throughout the game. I feel like if we're looking at a game with a lot of touchdowns, we're not looking at a game that Iowa is able to keep up in. 
Absolutely not. You know, a shootout is not going to be uh, one that ends well for Iowa. Not that I think that Michigan is equipped for a shootout, but I think that they are more likely to take advantage of that kind of situation. I trust their quarterback situation a lot more than I do Iowa's right now. I think Hayden McNamara has had a, a really good season, uh, you know, maybe kind of flying under the radar to a lot of degrees, but I think he's been a very solid uh, asset for this Michigan offense and a big reason why they have had some of the success that he's had. He's been very confident all season long. And if it comes to whichever quarterback is going to make a play through the air, I trust him a lot more than I do whoever's going to be throwing the football for Iowa. So uh, even against that Iowa secondary, I think that that is something that will be, pretty interesting to watch, but I, I feel like he's going to make some smart throws, some smart decisions. And that's a big reason why Michigan's here in the first place. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Michigan just beats Ohio state then kind of steps right into that role of being that team. We're like, all right, are you going to be able to keep up with the offense that they bring? I guess that was kind of the situation. If we looked at the big 10 West, that was going to be happening, whether it was kind of a Wisconsin or an Iowa or even a Minnesota, it was going to be, could whatever that team did keep up with whatever the uh, East side offense put up. But as we look at it now, I think it's safe to say that Iowa needs to be able to play that kind of grinded out game to be able to beat these Wolverines. If that happens, Kevin, things get really interesting as far as the college football playoff rankings go, because Michigan right now, as it stands, it looks like could be number four, number three, maybe depending on how they compare things with Cincinnati. But if Michigan ends up losing this game, you have Ohio State, or I'm sorry, Oklahoma State right there waiting to take over a spot. You have Notre Dame right there taking a spot. Is there any way that the Big Ten gets a team in if Michigan doesn't win this game? Because we had talked all season about the potential to get two Big Ten teams in. And now all of a sudden it looks like we're on a last chance to get one. Yeah, how far we have fallen since the beginning of the season, right? <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be very difficult. I don't really see a path there. I mean, we can probably come up with a wildly crazy scenario. Obviously, Alabama is going to have to lose to Georgia in the SEC title game, which is possible. Cincinnati could lose to Houston. That would certainly help right. and open up a door for somebody. I don't necessarily see that happening either, but yeah, it's still a possibility. Uh, Oklahoma State could lose, and I don't think Baylor's going to have enough ground to make up uh, in that lead of, uh, in the season to jump into that spot, although who knows? Um, you know, Notre Dame's done, so Notre Dame's kind of just sitting there. Yep. They don't really have to worry about much at all, right, because they their season is uh, in the books. So, you know, Notre Dame's in a really good spot right now. Um, other than that, I, I don't think there's any path to a Big Ten team getting in here if Michigan loses. You know, Ohio State has two losses. You're not going to send a two-loss team without a conference or division championship into the playoff, even in this crazy season. And even if you think that Ohio State is one of the four best teams in the country, just not going to happen. Uh, oh, by the way, the Oregon Ducks are out there too, so you would probably take Oregon right. before Ohio State anyway. Uh, and Oregon could still lose this weekend to Utah. So <laughs> I, I just don't see it happening. I think Michigan right now carries the Big Ten's one and only chance to get into the college football playoff this year. And if Michigan loses to Iowa, then the bowl projection is going to be pretty interesting to see how that all falls out for the Big Ten. Today's episode of Locked On Big Ten is brought to you in part by Boost Mobile. You listen to podcasts for the power of the inside track. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving 
money because with boost you get the power of a free 5g phone so you can listen to the latest episodes of locked on big 10 and keep up with your favorite players and teams you get the power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can share the wealth and you get the power of one of america's largest 5g networks so you can do it all with the speed of 5g with all that money you'll save and all the edge you'll gain just how powerful can you become with the power of Boost Mobile. Switch to Boost and find out. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions do apply. Offers and coverages not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for more details. Boost Mobile, helping us get you the show today. BetOnline.ag is going strong with everything you need to bet on all of the sports anywhere really head on over to the site again betonline.ag if you haven't been in a while because they've been a sponsor here for a while you've been hearing about them for a while on locked on big 10 if you don't already know about what they've got new over at bet online go check it out new website looks nice new bets and ways to bet out there so you can find new ways to make money find new ways to outsmart these guys i mean it's new stuff for them too so maybe you have a little bit of edge as they're starting out and trying to figure things out, head on over to betonline.ag. Use our promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and get to it right now. Again, BetOnline, the place to go for your online sportsbook needs. Yeah, I mean, let's just call it what it is. I, I intentionally didn't really look too deep into it before we started talking just because I wanted to be able to get my like takes on it, but it, it, it's clear, right? Cincinnati, even if it loses, sure, they're out. But even then, you've got... Georgia's one team that's honestly, I mean, Georgia is in. That, Georgia's in, right? Yeah. Lose this weekend, and Georgia it will be just fine. So that's like the one team that I think we all feel is a virtual lock at this point. Right. Georgia's a team that's in. Let's say Michigan loses, and they're then in that two-loss team tier. If Cincinnati loses, they're out. If Alabama loses, then they're another two-loss team. Then you can hope that Oklahoma State loses. You cannot hope that Notre Dame loses. So if anybody loses, let's say Notre Dame jumps into that second spot and there for sure. Then you've got two spots left. And if everybody else loses, then maybe you get to start to have the conversation. But then it's just a conversation about, is it two loss Michigan versus two loss Alabama versus two loss Oklahoma State? And honestly, if you want to have two loss Ohio State or two loss Oregon or two loss Michigan State in there too, fine. But the point is that I don't know what, Big 10 team gets in if it's that kind of a conversation because I, I can I personally think again Alabama gets in before any Big 10 team and probably Oregon because it beat Ohio State gets in before any Big 10 team Michigan probably doesn't get in fresh off a loss I, I mean again it's hectic and it's hard for us to talk about and I'm sure it's hard for people listening to understand if they're not looking straight at it like I am and I'm sure you are it, to some extent right now but it's just it's a whole lot of stuff that has to end up going right for there to be any sort of chance. And even then, if all that stuff happens, just looking at the odds and looking at what this committee's done before, it doesn't make sense. You could make an argument for Michigan ahead of Alabama if you feel like Michigan's best win of the season against Ohio State is better than any win that Alabama has. Right. Uh, I'd have to go back and look at Michigan's entire schedule. I don't remember how many opponents they played were ranked. Obviously, they lost to Michigan State. Uh, but Alabama lost to Texas A&M. Alabama uh, was iffy against Auburn, you know, an unranked Auburn at the time that that game was played. Auburn just finished six and six this year. So that's not a great quality win. And Alabama's looked a little shaky or vulnerable, I should say, the last few games they've played. So 
there's, there's a case to be made if it comes down to Michigan and Alabama. Although I have a feeling that if it did come down to those two teams, I, I think there's a track record with the college football playoff and, and Alabama in general. Uh, so they would probably get the nod there, but I mean, who knows? And again, you know, if you go down a conversation with Alabama and Michigan, then a lot of crazy things are going to happen this weekend too, which I'm right, all for. Yeah. I'm always in favor of uh, team chaos and the big 10 may actually need that if Michigan were to go down. But even if that hypothetically happens and you have the Michigan versus Alabama debate there, then the debate you're having is, all right, there's two teams that are right now with one loss and we have them basically on the same level. They're both in the playoff. If they both lose, you have an Alabama team that their reason for not being there anymore is because they just lost to Georgia. Yeah. Not the same as just losing to Iowa. I don't Very feel true. like, I don't feel like there's any way that it, it, with that context, with that context of what would have just happened that you sit there and be like, Oh yes, we have to have Michigan in here over the uh, crimson tie. But again, I, I just feel like there's that argument to be made against the big 10 team, every scenario, and there's arguments to be made for them, sure, along with it too. But I just don't see them working out the same way uh, that you need them to. Unless, of course, Michigan just wins this weekend. But we'll see what ends up happening. Kevin McGuire. If, if the Big Ten's going to get in the playoffs, just have Michigan yeah, win this weekend. Yeah. And then, then we don't have to worry about any of this. Mm -hmm. Kevin McGuire is here with us usually on Tuesdays and will be back with us here on the show at some point soon. No doubt about that. Uh, unfortunately, leaving us with Locked on Nittany Lions podcast, we're going to have someone to try and fill in those shoes at some point, but you've done a really good job over there. I know I know the people who listen to the podcast obviously care a lot about them because I hear about it at some points too. It's been great having you on. You know the football stuff, of course, Kevin, which means we'll have you on again soon. And thanks for always coming on on Tuesdays, making time for us when you have been so busy as well as getting a show out every day over for Nittany Lions too. Nate, it has been a pleasure talking all things Big Ten with you this season. Uh, it has been a pleasure talking all things Penn State the last three seasons. Unfortunately, I am stepping away to focus on some other things, but I know that Locked On is going to get a terrific host to carry on with Locked On Nittany Lions. So continue to follow it on Twitter at Locked On Nittany. Make sure you're following it on your favorite podcast app. Check, follow that YouTube channel as well. They're going to keep that all active. So it's not going anywhere. It just... Maybe take a little time before we get somebody else in there, but I know that they're going to have a terrific host. that's going to join you, Nate, on a weekly basis in the future. But again, hey, you guys know where to find me on Twitter at Kevin on CFB. I'll, I'll talk to you all the time. No problem about that. I'll be back sooner than later for sure. Kevin McGuire here on Locked on Big Ten. Penn State obviously has a whole lot going on. We'll have to pick his brain more on it once we get into basketball season and bowl season as well. Thanks again to Kevin for joining us. I'm back tomorrow with Asher Lowe. Until then, this has been Locked on Big Ten.